The Permian Basin is an abundant oil and gas producing area. Already one of the world's leading oil producing regions, the area in West Texas and Southeastern New Mexico could nearly double crude oil production by the year 2023. But who are the leaders behind this economic powerhouse? And what is their story? This is Permian Perspective. I'm your host, Krista Escamilla. Today's show is sponsored by Baker Hughes, who recently launched a new and reimagined Baker Hughes brand. As an energy technology company, they strive to make energy safer, cleaner, and more efficient for people and the planet. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode. Such a pleasure to spend this time with all of you. I hope you are staying warm if you're in the Permian, and I hope you're doing well for all of you around the rest of the world. We are sitting here in Midland, Texas with Jeff Sparks, the Chief Operating Officer of Discovery Operating Incorporated. Jeff, thanks so much for being with us today. Happy to be here. I'm so excited to share your story. I've known you a long time, but it's now going to be fun to hear it straight from you and from the beginning. So we'll do that in just a minute. Okay. (laughs) First of all, though, I do want to thank everyone who has shared our podcast with their friends and their family and their colleagues. We really do have listeners all over the world and, of course, right here in the Permian Basin. And we get to share the stories that are making an impact in the energy world. I really appreciate each and every one of you. And I would also like to ask you to help our show out by taking a few minutes to leave a review on iTunes. I cannot thank you enough for those of you who have already done so. We are so appreciative and we will read your reviews in a future broadcast. Also, I want to thank Apple for choosing Permian Perspective to be on their new and noteworthy list. We really appreciate that honor. All right, Jeff, thanks again for joining us. Let's get started from the beginning. How did you get in this oil and gas business? Well, my dad was in the oil and gas business, and so I grew up with it. And so, I don't know, I guess I've always been around it. Right, so you're born and raised in Midland. No, I was born in Austin, Texas. Oh, okay. Very good. Born in Austin, Texas. Mom and dad were in college. And then dad graduated shortly after and was in the Navy. They got called to the Navy. So first four years were moving from one coast to the other coast and back. Not that I remember a whole lot of it. I do remember a little bit when we were in Virginia Beach. I was, I guess three. Mm-hmm. And my brother, Kevin, was born at the Naval Hospital in Norfolk. Wow. And then eventually, somehow, your dad and your mom, dad, Don Sparks, a lot of people from the Permian, of course, know your dad. Mm-hmm. Great, great man. Thank you. I've had the honor of interviewing him several times over the years. And how did he get? Well, dad, dad was working for Shell okay. or had an offer from Shell. Navy called him. He did the Navy. Then he came back and was working in the Permian for Shell Oil. Awesome. And so through the years, I'm sure then he decided one day, let's start our own company. Well, actually, that was mom and dad had made some roots here in Midland. Shell was looking at transferring him out of Midland. Mom basically said, you know, we moved umpteen times where you were in the Navy. I'm tired of moving. I don't want to move. She put her foot down. She put her (laughs) foot down. And so he went to work for consulting. Well, actually, no, I went, he went to work for a company called Freeport at that point in time and, and was head of their assets west of the Mississippi. So out here. 
Okay. And then, of course, then you have two brothers. I do. I have yes. two younger brothers. I'm better looking than they are, but that's okay. <laughs> they might argue, but yeah, since you're here, we'll go with that. And you'll be like, yeah, I oh, am. Yeah. Yes. Great family. I just want to say, I just love your whole family. They are just good people. Like when you think of good West Texas people, really, you think of the Sparks family. Well, thank you. And so loving and caring. Never have a bad word to say about anybody. I mean, just really uplifting people. And you get the honor to work with your brothers and your dad. I do. How cool is that? It's cool. We all have different things to do at Discovery Operating. Kevin's got a degree in business. He's the CEO. Todd has a degree in entrepreneurship and business management or business administration. And Todd handles investing family assets outside of the oil and gas, other than oil and gas investments. So, And I have to say, just because I know y'all, you're pretty split on UT versus Aggies, I'd say. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, Very this, much. This has got to make football season interesting in your house. <laughs> well, and then, and then I ended up with my children. I had the two oldest ones went to UT, and then my... Third child went to AM. Oh, his, his, jump ship, jump his, ship on you, right? His <laughs> uncle got him all lined up at AM. And then my youngest went to Blinn there in College Station while her brother was at AM. So they kind of split away. Right. I still got the Longhorns. Yeah, it was really disappointing for me when AM left the Big 12. Right. Because we had fun during Thanksgiving. We'd watch the game and, and we didn't quite get into food fights. But oh, that's we, good. We, <laughs> Got to keep it civil, right? <laughs> right. But we'd nag each other a little bit during the games. Right. So, how is it working with your family? I know that, you know, what is it that you love about it? Um, if you do. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, I do. <laughs> um, well, because you know that people you're working around have your best interest at heart. Yes. Uh, you never have to worry about somebody backbiting you or anything. And they're helpful when things get really rough. They they do their part to keep me from getting depressed. To boost your spirits. Boost my spirits. When, when there's a little downturn in the oil. And we'll talk about that in a minute. I just want to talk about you know the highs and lows. But first, I want to talk about Discovery. How did Discovery come to be? Well, Dad started Discovery in 1973. Okay. And so he had worked for Freeport and went, did some consulting. And he started in 1973. I was still in high school. Actually, 73 was before high school. I graduated in 79. So. I thought you were going to say diapers. No. So you're in high school then? I was, and did I was, you go to high school here in Midland? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I, all my schooling was in Midland. Okay. So we came back to Midland. It was just before I was turning five. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And so I have to ask the question, Lee or High? Well, I went to Lee High. Okay. All my children went to Midland High. Okay. <laughs> So once again, kind of kind of splitting the rivalries. <laughs> well, that that was a pretty easy jump because nothing that I, none of my least stuff that I had in high school actually still fit by the time my <laughs> kids were going to to Midland High. So I was going to have to buy new clothes anyway. <laughs> we definitely share that. I can't fit in anything from high school either. So. so let's talk. So then Discovery came about in the 70s. And did he get into to the drilling side? What was the main focus of Discovery? Yeah, dad always was on the drilling side, drilling completions. And then we operate the well from the time we drill it till the time it gets plugged. 
generally. Okay, very good. Let's talk a little bit about the processes that are in place now, say compared to back in the 70s, which I know you were in high school, but what are the differences between now and say the back then when the business started? Well, we're larger. It's um, always a good thing you grew. <laughs> we did. How big of we, a company are, are we, you now? We grew, we have about 30 employees, 350 wells around West Texas, and I've got a few in Oklahoma. But obviously now, which is a big change from from the 70s, is you have to think about drilling wells sideways, mm. you know, horizontals as opposed to verticals. That's a huge, huge change in how you approach your well. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, then it changes just everything in the business. Changes everything. Absolutely changes everything. When I came out of college in 1983, we're drilling wells. You would be out on location to look at logs and decide whether you're going to run casing. You know, do you have a well? And and when we decided we were going to have a well, we'd have a battery set up with a couple of 210 oil tanks and a 210 water tank, and you were really happy if you made a 40-barrel-a-day well. Right. Today, there's a lot more planning involved before you ever get started drilling a horizontal well. Where's your water coming from? How are you going to dispose of water once you complete it? You don't worry about 210s anymore. You get 1,000-barrel tanks, and it's just really different. Right. What have you learned about dealing with, you said your brothers are always there for you in the ups and downs. You know, you've seen many booms and busts and through the years, how have you dealt with it as a family and as a company? Well, dad never believed in going too far into debt. And so Discovery Operating is an operating company, but we get outside investors, private placement. And so we have investors in our wells. We personally invest in all the wells, but then we have outside investors. That keeps us from going into debt on any one project. And so as long as you don't have debt, when the downturn comes, you just weather the storm. But you got to keep your debt down because the oil business is got its ups and downs. It has its less ups and downs, or there's at least talk that there's less ups and downs today than there was then. And I I guess there is, but there's still ups and downs. And if you don't control your spending, you'll still have problems. Right. And that's any industry, really. It's pretty much anything. Ups and downs. As I know, you listened to Dr. Perryman's recent podcast here on Permian Perspective. I did. He said the oil is coming out of the ground. That's not the question, you know, it's just how are we going to get it? How are we going to get it out? Where are we going to get it to where it needs to go? And so, with that, what has been the biggest lesson you've learned about the oil coming out of the ground? <laughs> well, I had a gentleman years ago just said that if you're in the oil business, you've got a screw loose somewhere because you you go out you you raise all this money to drill a hole in the ground, hoping that something's going to come out and that will get you money and you run casing and shoot holes and you put oil in a tank for someone to come out in the middle of the night and take it away. And you don't know what you're going to get paid till after they've taken it away. So it's a little risky, a little risky. (laughs) So he says, you got to have a screw loose to be in this business, but it's a lot of fun. 
It is a lot of fun. So, and now my oldest son works for Discovery Operating. Oh, that's great. So, yes, so it the, is. The family legacy continues. It, it continues, and I have a nephew that's working at Discovery, and yeah, we're we're still really family. Oriented. And when I think of your family, I also think of philanthropic efforts that y'all have given back to our community. And I know you've served as a city councilman. Let's talk a little bit about that. Why is philanthropy so important and why do you love West Texas so much? Well, obviously, West Texas is home. Midland's home to me. But I learned that from not just mom and dad, but the people of Midland are very philanthropic. We're Bible-based And the Bible tells us that we should be helping others. And so that's just, that's what I was taught. It's fun. I mean, actually helping others, helping by being philanthropic is fun. Right. You do get a lot. You get a lot in return. It feels good to give. It does. Mm-hmm. And how much stuff do you need? The more stuff I have, the more it breaks. <laughs> <laughs> then you just have to pay to fix it. That's right. It's <laughs> a great point. <laughs> Let's talk about your, if you don't mind, a little time in your, in your city council seat. Um, okay. What made you want to run? I was, well, I was asked. Okay. There you go. <laughs> they actually first started by talking to one of my brothers who decided he didn't have enough time and decided why my kids were older and decided that I did. So that's how I got into it was I was just asked. And how long did you serve? I know you- Nine years. Nine it's years. three, three-year terms. Mm-hmm. And then we're term limited out. Okay. And so you wrapped things up just a couple of years ago, right? I actually wrapped things up at the end of 2018. Okay. So yeah, pretty recent. What are you most proud of that you accomplished during that time as a city councilman? I'm most proud of not screwing anything up. <laughs> um, That's a good answer in life and on city council, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I would say that my philosophy of government is really to just keep things orderly Mm-hmm. and stay out of the way. So do I have a great big accomplishment? No. I'd say the accomplishment is just trying to stay out of the way of Midland and doing the best we can to help during the boom mm-hmm. on growth. But really, growth is still going to be done by the private sector and government needs to do the best they can to help foster that by staying out of the way. And there's your political push, right? (laughs) That's my political push. That's it for today. Of course, we have a big election going on right now. And by the time this is released, we'll have answers to said political election. But anything you want to add on that? No, I know too many people that are running. (laughs) And so we'll just We'll leave it at that. Smart I've got answer. I've got my preferences. You can probably find those out by finding which candidates I donated to, but we'll just keep it at that. Just go vote, right? Go vote. Absolutely. I think our country has a problem, not that majority isn't reasonable folks, but that they don't go out and vote. And so you do have a, some fringe that creeps in because they're so motivated to vote. And and if we're not good at at keeping ourselves motivated, then we end up with with issues. 
Right. Well, thank you for serving on our city council here. I know you did a great job. And thank you. Um, I, I had a chance to interview you for TV several times through that time. And yeah, that was for so, live on stage. Yeah. So that was fun. And I'm still involved with live on stage. Well, let's give a little live on stage plug. Tell everyone what live on stage is. Live on stage is nonprofit, brings live entertainment to the Permian Basin. And we now have our shows at Wagner Noel. But we do it at dirt cheap prices. It's not because they're not professionals. It's because we have a lot of sponsors and grants from foundations that pay for these groups to come in. And so we're able to keep our prices down. But it's to foster live entertainment, which if you haven't been to live entertainment, it is different than watching it on TV or listening to it on a CD. You get to understand a little bit of the entertainer and their personality comes through while they're on stage. And you just can't get that through the media. That's true. It really, there is something it does for you emotionally. And it just make you walk out feeling... Feeling that on top of the world. It's, it's just fun. And and, and 90% of our entertainers will meet and greet everybody as they leave. If they want to come go by and visit with the entertainers, they'll hang around and do that. Now, it's not all singing. Mm-hmm. Actually, next year, we are bringing a dog act. Oh, fun. That sounds great. And you do, you bring in world-class entertainers mm-hmm. and now you get to be on this world-class stage that we have for the Wagner Noel. It is really, it's incredible that you do this and at the prices. Cause I remember always being shocked at the price. I would ask you for ticket, you know, information and, sure. you, and you would tell me, that's it. <laughs> yeah. So it really is wonderful. So that is live on stage. Go ahead and Google it. If you yeah, are not live familiar. on stage, Permian Basin. There you go. Let's talk about a little bit about you. Okay. Let's dive into Jeff Sparks. What is your favorite book or podcast that you listen to? My favorite book podcast. Well, I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. Except, so, except for Permian Perspective. I did listen to <laughs> I did listen to that. Uh, podcasts to me are kind of new. Right. And so I'm just not real familiar with those. So most of the time when I'm around a computer, I'm working on something. I'm I'm not entertaining myself. Right. And as far as books, you know, I like to I read political books. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, there's that's, nothing wrong uh, with that. That's what that's what you like. Yeah, uh, uh, so do you have a favorite? <laughs> no. One book that I liked was called Power Up, and I can't remember the name of the author. It had to do with the oil and gas and basically how fossil fuels have improved life of humanity. Mm-hmm. And that if you were to take away fossil fuels, we would not have a standard of living that we have. Matter of fact, you would not have the population on this earth that we have. And you can go back. There's another book, and I can't remember the title of it, but talks about going all the way back to before coal and how coal people lived longer after coal was started to be utilized and then increased a lot during the 1900s, the 20th century, when oil and gas got its birth and we started utilizing that. The amount of 
fossil fuels that is in our lives that isn't fuel mm-hmm. is really unbelievable. The plastic that's in your headphones and in this mic, mm-hmm. the electricity out here is primarily natural gas and coal-fired power plants. The wind doesn't blow all the time. And because it doesn't blow all the time, everything that's generated by wind is backed up with a fossil fuel-fired plant. Wow. You don't even think about it. Like you said, when you're looking around my office right here, you don't realize how your make, affected we are. Makeup right. has petroleum products in it. Really? Near, yes, your base, all that stuff has petroleum products in it. The tubing that goes into IV bags, the medicines and things have petroleum products in it. There's a lot of things that people don't don't think about that have petroleum products. So what kind of books do I read? Obviously, I read books that promote oil and gas. (laughs) (laughs) That's good, (laughs) because that's what you do. That's what I do. You and I were talking about this before the podcast. You have to be passionate about what you do. And you were asking me, how did I get into podcasting after broadcasting? And I said, it's great. I still get to do what I love to do, which is talk and hear stories and share stories with people. And Mm -hmm. I think that's important that you find something you're passionate about. Yeah. And one of the things I like is that we make a difference in people's lives by what we produce. Mm -hmm. It's not just a moneymaker for us. It makes people's lives better. Absolutely. I love that. What about a favorite quote? Do you have a favorite quote you live by? Yeah, I've got a couple of them. Uh, I love quotes. Share them all. I'm I'm married and been married uh, nearly 35 years now. And I had a pastor early in our marriage that took me to the side. He says, now that you're married, there's something you need to know about married life. You have two choices. You can be right or you can be happy. (laughs) (laughs) Because my wife and I are both type A personalities, so we argued a lot. And so we argued a lot while we were dating. Uh And, And so the pastor wanted to let me know, yeah, you know, there are times that you can be right mm-hmm. or you can be happy. That's good advice. So, <laughs> it um, obviously worked. I decide to be happy. Most of the time, yeah, it's just not worth it. So it decides to be happy. And I think my wife does some of the same. So Good choice. And congratulations, 35 years. That's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I've been, been blessed. Yes. And of course, you have a beautiful family as well. Thank you. Yeah. I got four children, three boys, and my youngest daughter. And now I have four grandchildren and a fifth one on the way that's due in January. Grandchildren are just a blast. Oh, I've heard it's the best. Cause, and I it love is. kids. I can't even imagine it getting better after kids, but I've heard it does. And, and your little one you just showed me is just adorable. Yes, she is. She's <laughs> She is absolutely adorable. And I've been told, again, grandchildren is God's gift for not killing your kids when you could. <laughs> That's good. That's good. What about a favorite Bible verse? Well, there's several of them. I would say the way my week has gone is probably Romans 5, verses 3 and 4. And that, I'm not going to quote it exactly, but it has to do with you can be happy even in the trials of your life because trials bring along perseverance. Perseverance brings along character. And then character gives you faith in your salvation. I love it. 
Thank you for sharing that. And that's so important to hear because I think people think everybody, you know, doesn't go through those trials because not everybody talks about them and shares them. And so it's good to know you're not alone during those trials. And I love that your faith helps you through your trials. Yeah. Do you have a story that you could share with us where you really learned from one of those those trials in your life that really helped you to become who you are today? Gosh, that's not something I talk about very much. Um, <laughs> and the, I can I'm, tell you in the oil field, a lot of times, I don't know if you know what a fishing job is in the oil field, but that's when you've lost tools in the hole or something. There have been a lot of times where I realized that I'm not in control of what's going on. And yeah, they'll see me go on the edge of location and pace. And most of the time I'm, I'm praying for God to get me out of the situation that I'm in. I know that sounds silly to some, but that's, that, no, that's, that, a, that's uh, the best way to do it. You just got to pray. And, and God has always provided. I don't know why I get upset and irritated and scared. I still do, even though I do believe that God's going to bring me through it. Mm -hmm. But I, I still have those anxious feelings just like everybody else. Right. And I think that's just part of, like you said before, this industry or just being in business for yourself. There is so much uncertainty. And it's uh, just kind of like, that's normal to be fearful of like, what's going to happen next? Well, I'm glad I'm not the only one. You're not the only <laughs> one. You definitely are not the only one. What is the best piece of advice that your dad has given you? Well, dad taught a work ethic. I think the best thing that he taught me is family is forever and that no matter what happens, if we would stick together as a family through our Lord Jesus Christ, we would always come out. One of the reasons I love your dad. He's such a great <laughs> yeah. man. Mr. Don Sparks, if you don't know him, Google him. <laughs> Look him up. He is just fantastic. But uh, that doesn't even touch on, if you do Google him, it doesn't even touch on how wonderful he is. But. Yeah. And then the other advice he said is if you have a big fight with your wife, I'm taking her side. <laughs> Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> smart man. <laughs> He's a smart man. What are you looking forward to the most right now? What am I? Just in life. What are you looking forward to next? What am I looking forward to? I actually am looking forward to playing with grandchildren. Aww. That is what I look forward to. I have told my children, I want 16 grandchildren. They said, good luck. But... <laughs> But I'm still holding out hope that I'm going to have 16 grandchildren out of my four kids. Well, I was say, with four kids, you've got a pretty good chance. I have a chance, <laughs> have a chance. but I have one that said, no, we're through at three. <laughs> I said, well, somebody else is going to have to pick up the slack. That's right. Who's and, going five? And, and Who's no, going five? And no one has volunteered. <laughs> That's funny. Well, good luck. I hope you reach your goal. What do you want your legacy to be? My legacy will be who my children are. And so I want them to be good folks that help others, that they can be respected. I want people to to think that I was a good, solid, God-fearing person. I, I don't have any real, I don't have any grandeur. When I'm gone, you know, no matter what you've done, memories are going to fade. And so there's no real... The legacy is is my family. That's going to be my legacy. Is what have I taught my children? What 
have I taught my grandchildren? If I'm along, if I'm around long enough to see them grow up, I hope I get to see them grow up. I'd love to see some great grandchildren. Dad had, now has great grandchildren. Yes. Yeah. So that'd be cool. Got good genes. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I think you're already living that legacy. Your family is just incredible. And I really appreciate you sharing this time with us. I have one other question for you. Is there anything that when you were coming into this interview, you thought, oh, I hope that the listeners get to know this about me or our no, family? No, I told you when I came in, um, I was... First of all, I'm not a great storyteller. It's. Uh, I thought you did a great job. You did wonderful. But, no, I'm a little scared of getting in front of a microphone. So, no, I just hope that I pronounced my words appropriately and didn't sound too much like a country hick, which I, <laughs> I think I sound like a hick when I hear myself. How do you get used to hearing yourself? After a recording. Well, it is different. You definitely sound different than you think you sound when you, you listen back. I, I sound so different. But I think you did You did not sound like a <laughs> hick. You did a great job. <laughs> you did wonderful. So what was the original question? Just if you had anything else to say, which, and that made me think I did not ask you, and I do want to ask you this, because you are a business owner, and we have so many people coming to the Permian right now and opening businesses. Do you have one piece of advice to for someone that is coming to the Permian Basin to either open their business or to, you know, get their foot in in a corporation, what advice would you give them? Open up. When you come to Midland, open up to the people that are around you. The people in Midland are wonderful people and they will help you wherever they can. But don't isolate yourself by just going to the office, going to the house, going to the office, going to the house. Mm -hmm. Get out Meet the people of the community, do it through your church or whatever organization that you want to go through, but get involved in the community because the people here are wonderful people and they will help you through those trials. I've, you know, we talked about family doing it, but the people of Midland have been part of my family too. I s still visit with a guy that I grew up living next to. He's he's older than dad. He just turned 90, as a matter of fact. And I still see him about every Sunday. Whenever I'm at church, he's there. But a widow man that, yeah, he's helped me out of some some binds when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And and so, but the people of Midland, business-wise, I've had people help when things were running slow. And so that would be my advice is mm -hmm. when you come to Midland, open up to the people around you. Get to meet some of your neighbors. They're good people. Great advice. Thank you so much, Jeff Sparks. I really enjoyed our time together. Thank you so much. If you would like to connect with Jeff, they are on LinkedIn Discovery. You can find them there or just Google them. That's what I did to find to yeah. find your contact. <laughs> I could have gone through your sister-in-law, but I thought I'll just Google you because okay. I, 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 I know some of your family well. They're just such, such a precious family. And so thank, thank you. you so much for sharing with us. It was wonderful to get to know you better. And I know our listeners enjoyed it too. So thank you. Thank you. Well, it's now time Time to announce today's community MVP, and the MVP is Midland Fairhavens. Now, Midland Fairhavens is a faith-based nonprofit organization that provides supportive services, including education, case management, secure housing, and life skills to determined single mothers and their children 
strengthening them emotionally and spiritually. And there is a wonderful fundraising event coming up December 3rd is the 8th annual Gingerbread House Decorating and Luncheon at the Horseshoe Arena. So much fun. I look to, forward to it every year. I actually get to go with your sister-in-law. She invited me again Yeah, this my year. wife goes too. Oh, I yeah. love it. We have so much fun. I'm not a decorator, but just laughing and spending that time together and knowing that we're supporting such a good cause is definitely worth it. If you would like to, more information, please go and find more information online. You can go to mfh.org. And I know that they have still some tables left, so please, it, it will fill up pretty quick, but we would love to see you there. And that's it for today's episode. A special thanks to Baker Hughes for sponsoring Permian Perspective. Baker Hughes recently, as I mentioned at the top of the show, launched a new and reimagined Baker Hughes brand. As an energy technology company, they are striving to make energy safer, cleaner, and more efficient for people in the planet. And that concludes this episode of Permian Perspective, the story behind the oil and gas leaders in the Permian Basin. Just remember my motto, dream big and believe in yourself. You make it a great day. Hey everyone, Alex here with the events on deck for November. First of all, we had our best turnout ever for our latest happy hour in Houston with our panel discussion. So thanks to everyone who attended and we hope to keep offering you guys value in the future. Be sure to listen here for any future happy hours. The events on deck for November include OGGN's second Denver happy hour on November 6th from 4 to 6 p.m. The cost of attendance is $20, a portion of which goes to local charities Safe House Denver and Oil Field Helping Hands. On November 12th at Minute Maid Stadium, IBM's Oil Field of Dreams, Data, Digitization, and Disruption. This event is free for all OGGN subscribers. OGGN's Mark LaCour will be doing a live podcast with ExxonMobil and his 2020 oil and gas predictions. On November 12th through 14th is Procurement Week in Sydney, Australia. Our travel partner, BCD Travel, will be sponsoring Day 2 of Procurement Week in Sydney. Day 2 has content focused on the construction, mining, and energy sectors, as well as an indirect procurement leaders forum which encompasses travel. Industry leaders will be discussing value-driven procurement approaches, evolving technologies, and the changing landscape. And drinks are on BCD at the end of the day. The Houston Chapter API Energy Petroleum Club will be meeting on November 12th in Houston. Speaker Shane McElroy will be talking about the sustainability of electric fracturing. We have another free event on deck this month for our subscribers. The Top Coder Innovation Summit will be taking place on November 14th in Houston, Texas. This event is the premier innovation event for industry leaders. You'll have the opportunity to attend panels on innovation and emerging technologies and meet with the YPRO and Topcoder executive teams. Lastly, the Algeria Oil and Gas Summit is happening on November 19th through 21st this year. Alnaft will be sharing onshore and offshore updates for Africa's leading gas producer and opportunities for independent oil and gas companies. And don't forget, if you guys would like to receive these events each month via email, click Get Mark's Monthly Events email link in the show notes of any OGGN podcast. Hope you guys have a great month. Tune in next week for another episode of Permian Perspective, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at www.oggn.com.